And welcome back to the Sports Me podcast, which by the week seems to be getting smaller in our co-hosts. We are back this week. What an interesting week of the Premier League. Uh, this podcast is sponsored by Sports Me. We have uh, Catherine, who's back on international duty after scoring a phenomenal hat-trick for the academy team. Just kidding. She's back from her vacation. And we also have Sam, a moderator, who... Apparently, we'll be away for a bit, so don't be surprised if uh, if uh, we don't hear from him throughout the podcast. So, this week in the Premier League, Catherine, I don't know about you, but it's kind of starting to, you know, fade into regularity. Like, you know, there are teams that are winning, you know, consistently. Um, teams that are meant to be doing bad, such as my team, seems to be kind of, it's, it's happening. And then there's like the one or two odd surprises. Um Manchester United, like, they're in a big slump. And I mentioned it a few weeks back. I don't know how many more games Oli has. Honestly, Catherine, what are your thoughts on the game? And do you think he has an issue at United? Yeah, I think you you got it bang on. I think almost those first few games, it was kind of the equivalent to a preseason. So that's why it was almost so crazy. But now it's settled down. I think Man U, when I watched the game... They just were not, they weren't with it. it. I almost, I actually forgot it was a home game till the commentators were talking about it because they had no intensity. And I think the excuse of the fans can't be used anymore in my mind because they've now been doing it, what, since March? So we're over six months without fans. So I feel like this excuse of there's no fans so it can't have the intensity, that, that shouldn't be an excuse anymore. I think the game was great because Arsenal hadn't been doing well, Man U hadn't. And you could see the difference between the two. I think Arsenal, yeah, they haven't been doing well, but they played well. They all worked hard and they seem to now have a direction and be going in the right direction. Um, and I think also their signing of Partey, huge, great addition to the team. And it showed that they actually signed well. Flip it, Man U, awful, did not play well. Pogba was atrocious and he gave away a really really stupid penalty um and I think they have no real directions their signings haven't added anything to them so I think honestly last week when you asked both me and Victor said oh we don't think till Christmas I think Ollie will go soon because apparently they've already approached Pochettino and we all heard Pochettino coming out saying how he's ready to manage again so I don't know he's he's his exact words were, I'm waiting for an interesting project, which yeah. I think, you know, any manager in the world will be like, United is is literally the project of all projects. Honestly, you know, with- because you look back, so that's why I love both these teams. Ever since they lost Wenger or Ferguson, neither of them have really been coming back. Arsenal at least seem to be going in a direction. Manu are still lost. Um, they're still wandering around, still useless, randomly bring out, bring out the odd good performance. But if you look, I don't even consider them a top six side because they are so, so bad at the moment. Like, I really don't think, if they don't get Pochettino in, Pochettino did amazing for Tottenham. So maybe he is the manager that can actually turn this team somewhere, but something has to change. So most likely it will be a new manager, but I think the players though, He's trying to play all... They have a team of so many midfielders. He's trying to play all of them at one time. Fernandez was awful. You know, Pogba, I, I just think Pogba just needs to go at this point. I think he's just lost it. It, it. It's crazy because 
it's been around seven years really since United have been in that top 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 part of the table. And it's funny that you know, Oli was known as being as a uh, he wasn't even known as really being a starter. He was known as being a super sub. That was how he's paid to fame. So it's funny that a super sub is trying to uh, you know manage the team. And I just before we move on quickly, because we've got a lot to cover. Um, the game itself, eight shots to United, seven shots to Arsenal. So you could tell that they're just lacking in, in quality and football. And I just think, like, you know, I, I give only five games max. If if he loses to Everton, if United lose to Everton this week, oh, like especially without, 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 without poor form right now, um, losing two games and then beating United, there's going to be a lot of questions being asked. And I think, you know, the board's going to be gunning from him no pun intended, um, but um, you know it's it's, it's going to be interesting. I think they have to win this weekend. If they don't, I think they'll be because the Istanbul loss earlier this week that that's just a killer. I honestly think if they don't win before then, they'll have Pochettino in before the PSG game, which is in second of December. I honestly think they'll have him in before that game because they'll want to keep doing well in Champions League. So I think Everton will be a real sign. Man, you have to do well if he wants to keep his job for longer. Speaking of Pochettino and Spurs, uh, moving on as we do on this podcast sponsored by Sportsme, well, it was interesting to see Spurs win. And, you know, it was interesting to see Bale and Kane on the score sheets. Uh, 2-1, yeah. what do you make of uh, Gareth Bale's goal? Um, and um, do, you think, uh, do you think he's kind of easing back into the team? Yeah, I thought the goal was good. I thought Tottenham, it's a pity because Brighton, they didn't dominate. Tottenham did not dominate Brighton. The last few games, Tottenham have been scoring a crazy amount of goals. What was it? Um, I'm trying to see. Oh, they, they usually score like a crazy amount of goals and Kane and Son have been on it. I thought Bale's goal was good. You know, the header and the lead up to it. Um, it was a really good header in. But... Um, yeah, I think Brighton, actually, I felt sorry for them that they didn't get more from the game. I thought, to be fair, though, their goal, it was a foul leading up to it. So it really shouldn't have been a goal because the guy completely wiped him out, the Brighton player. But then vice versa, I don't think it should have been a penalty. So I think two things. I think one, I think it was outside the box. Um, but two, when they went back and looked through it, Kane looked at Lalana and purposefully backed into him. So when you actually look at it, you know, he's being the dangerous player there because he's bending and backing over. When you can see Lalana the entire time has his eye on the ball, doesn't look at Kane and just jumps for it. So I think if anything, it was dangerous play on Lalana and not on Kane. So I think Kane knew what he was doing. And I think it was very harsh to give a penalty because as soon as you give a penalty to a team like Tottenham and put them in the lead, it, it, it's hard for someone like Brighton to come back. But Brighton also didn't create that much. I think, yeah, they had possessions, but their total shots were six. So they had possession, but didn't create much. 100%. And, I, and you know, I think Spurs are in the right direction. I think um, Mourinho um, is, you know, doing a really great job. And it's, and it's going to be interesting to see, like, you know, how long he can keep this, you know, Spurs team going and see if they can really challenge and, you know, we'll hopefully know by, you know, the New Year's break time to see where they're really at. Um, I think Mourinho is a great manager, but the thing with Tottenham, Tottenham the last few years have always done well. It's whether Mourinho can bring in a trophy. 
that's literally his only job as this manager, which Mourinho has shown in the past he's, he can do. 100%. And, and, I, and I couldn't agree more. And, and it's generally, as they always, the saying goes, his second year is always generally the better year. So we can see if, uh, if Spurs will have any luck with uh, any trophies this season. Now, moving on to a, moving on to a phenomenal game and, and, and so much credit to them. Southampton versus Aston Villa. It was, it was such a beautiful game to watch. And I want to read you the stats and you'll kind of be like, wow, this is insane. Aston Villa had 19 shots. Southampton had nine. Yeah. And in terms of on target, 10 were on target for Villa and four were on target for the four goals. That's insane. Like, it, it was just an incredible game to watch. And to see Villa can continuously fight to the very, very death of the game, credit to Southampton the last couple of weeks beating Everton and then, and then you know, beating a strong Villa team. When I mean strong, a team that's been in form, in, in form you've got to give them credit. What do you, what do you make of... Um, you know, Ward Pros and, and Danny Ings, obviously, unfortunately, with his um, injury coming off. But what do you make of this Southampton team? Like, are they moving in the right direction? And in in the past, they've been the team that gets the most players poached for them for a reason, because they seem to produce and and create really good players. No, I think they are 100%, 100% serve credit here. I think, you know, yeah, they only had four shots on target, but they scored all four. So I think you've got to give... Those free kicks were amazing. The the first one, but even the really close one, I think, how do you say his surname? Prowse? Whatever. Prowse, um, Ward, yeah. Ward Prowse, I think. Ward Prowse, yeah. Regardless of the, so yeah, he scored two, but even throughout the game, every set piece he took was dangerous. I think he he's a really, really good player. He's older now, so I think he's a real, he's a great leader for their team, and I think he's helped them a lot. I think Ings, great goal, is in really top form. I, I hope his knee isn't bad. Um, I, I saw he went off with it, but I never actually followed in to see if it's something serious. But, um, you know, because he has been in great, great form. I think Villa, you know, you will give credit where credit due, that they fought back, of, you know, they were behind. It was, was it 4-0 they were behind? And, and they yeah, fought that, back, yeah. yeah. And they fought back to, I didn't know if it was three or four. And they fought it was, back. It was four. It was four. Um, they fought back a 4 0 loss to 4 3. And I think if the game had gone, honestly, it was meant to go a little bit longer. And if it did go that little bit extra time, honestly, could have seen them getting a fourth. I think poor how they started, but their second half, it was a different team. The only thing I would say, though, is that Villa have now conceded those seven goals in the last two games. So I think. It's another one with the same with you guys. In that period of almost like the preseason, you guys capitalized on other teams having to get into it and you started really strong. And now both of you are starting to drop, which is always going to happen. But what I'm wondering is if now the next game, Villa are playing Arsenal. So that will be an interesting game. And I'm curious to see if they can pick back up onto their good form. Or if something's wrong defensively, that they're, con- they're conceding a lot. Seven in two games is a lot of goals. So I think they do need to sort something out defensively, albeit two of them were, were set pieces, but they shouldn't have given fouls away that close to the goal. 100%. And just uh, mentioning 7-2, a shout out to Victor, who uh, isn't here this week. Um, we do miss you, and you'll be, you'll be back next week. So uh, just a little shout out there. And just some stats on this game. 
Southampton have picked up 13 points from their opening seven Premier League game. That's four wins, a draw, and two losses. And that's the most um, of this stage of the campaign since 2014-15. That's one interesting stat. And another stat is that Dean Smith has lost each of his three Premier League matches against uh, Ralph at Southampton. So, you know, conceding nine goals across three. So clearly this is always a big high-scoring game. And another one is Southampton have now won 14 of their 34 Premier League away games on the route, which is their joint most under any manager in the competition. So clearly there's something going right at Southampton. And, you know, it would not surprise me if they end up in the top half of the table. They, they seem to be, you know, clearing up whether top eight, even top nine, you no, can I see something. Top half. top half for sure. I, I definitely think they'll finish how they've started, how they're going. As long as Ings doesn't seriously get injured, I see them definitely finishing top half. They always cause a challenge for any team they face. You know, no one really just walks over them. You know, they usually like to cause a challenge. And so I, I think they'll definitely finish top half. Seeing how other teams are doing, they'll definitely finish top half. Just as we uh, move forward in this podcast, uh, just briefly on some games, um, before we uh, talk about Leicester versus Leeds, uh, quickly, Newcastle versus Everton. Look, uh, I, I know you you know watch the game. I was watching. It was just an, a poorly set up team from the start. I mean, look, Ancelotti is a genius, and you know we can't tell someone who has won three Champions League titles how to manage a team. But when you play someone like Guilfi Sigurdsson, who had a shock of the week beforehand. And you play someone like Fabian Delph, who's only played 23 minutes before this game the whole season. You know, you, you know you're going in with with, with a knife feed and and Jojo Kenny as well. It's it's just it shows the lack of depth, and it's something that you were mentioning, you know, a few weeks ago. And and obviously, you know, being the optimistic fan I was, you know, obviously I just wanted to hope for the best, but it always happens. You can't you can't build a team around a small number of players. One one mention I will give, and, you know, I'm very happy that I called it, was Pickford's dropping. Um, I did mention that he would be dropped before the United game. I mentioned that probably three or four weeks ago. Um, I think it was a great call. Um, I really liked Robin Wilson. Um, obviously, the penalty, another VAR type call. Um, we won't get into that because I would just make my blood boil. Um, and then, obviously, um, you know, it wasn't his fault the second goal. I think he was comfortable. And it's going to be interesting to see if Pickford is going to come back into the... Well, he, he, well, he said he would come back for the United game. Yeah. But if he doesn't perform, we have a solid, um, you know, player who can take his place in the interim until he earns his spot back. What do you what do you make of that? Well, yeah, that's... It's interesting because I was actually having a conversation with um, some people today because Gareth Southgate came out with a, a statement saying how Pickford is the main choice goalie for England and how no one's challenging him. And I, I didn't, you know, I'm not a fan of Pickford. I think it was it's similar to Kepa. The guy always seems to have a mistake in him every game. And when you... You feel, you feel, you feel nervous watching him. Like, it's, it's like, it's like he, every time the ball's about to go to him. Too. Yeah, he, he's almost got that where you... If you're a defender too, and you know your goalie's got a mistake in you every game, that makes you nervous too. So if you're playing with him, they're going to bring kind of a sense of calm. He is not bringing that. He, you know, you're almost like, okay, we cannot let anything go near him because something will happen. So I think the fact that, but the difference is though, for England, he he's actually okay. But for Everton, I don't know what it is. He just, he can't get it together. 
and I think it could, be the, it, could, it could be the players that he has around him, maybe. It could, but I think you, he also didn't have any competition. Now, almost, I what I'm hoping is actually losing his spot. He now comes back and he realizes he can't just float through the motions. He's got to actually perform every game, otherwise it's it's in and out, which is what you want. Which is what I said Everton's issue was lack of depth. When you don't have depth, you don't have competition. Now you no 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 no. No pun intended, because there was a lack of depth. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. But I think now <laughs> competition, it's now like, it, hopefully he does better. And if not, you've got a suitable replacement where it's like, okay, no, nothing's nothing's lost there. And also, it would be a suitable replacement until the January transfer window opens if we could find someone else. And I think the issue is with like certain clubs like Chelsea and certain clubs like Everton is that, you know, for so, and even United at one point, for so many years, they had such a strong keeper for, like, like Tim Howard for so many years, and, like, they still, <laughs> to this day, haven't been able to really replace, like, Pickford, like, technically has been a replacement, but, like, not to the standard that Howard was, and just looking back, if Howard was in a team like today, just how crazy would this Everton lineup be? You've got it bang on, though. What people, what clubs don't no, what a lot of people don't realise is how important a keeper is. You know, what they were coming up with statements that Liverpool, Man City weren't able to win the league until they changed their keeper, until they got Alisson in, until, you know, until they got new keepers in. Chelsea, appalling. Now we've got Mendy, we're doing better. Keepers, they, yeah, they, with the clean sheets, but they provide leadership and a sense of just calm. If you guys get a good, solid keeper in, which I think, if Pickford doesn't now turn up, you win in the Jan- January transfer season. But there's also not many of them around. Finding them is hard. It's like with the centre-back discussion. Finding a good, solid centre-back is becoming very, very difficult at the moment. You know, most of them are atrocious. Man, you need to find a really good centre-back, but there's there's none really out there. I've been, I've always been biased over the years, mainly just because I'm Australian. I've always thought... Um, Matt Ryan is, has been a pretty um, solid keeper, even though he's in a team that, you know, just can't perform in Brighton. I do feel that, you know, having having someone like him who, you know, had so many records over the last couple of years, I, I really do feel that he would have been, you know, he's even on the bench now for Brighton. Like, I, I feel he could come in as a solid replacement. But, you know, it's something that I always mentioned in the last few weeks, um, that why is it that, you know, goalkeepers are being, I mean, you mentioned because obviously the strikers are, you know, the, the glory players and they get the most money. But yeah, players, like clubs should be paying the big bucks for goalkeepers. Like it's, it's so crucial and so important. Um, just just moving on to one or two games before we attack the league, yeah, like I mentioned, uh, very quickly, Liverpool, West Ham, 2-1. Yeah, nothing much to say. It's classic Liverpool back on track. I will say West Ham, you know, it's it's their first loss in their in their in their decent run they've had on the David Boys. Um, you know, we'll see if they could bounce back. It seems like Liverpool are joining again in their and they're back. Obviously, well, you know, the only thing I would say is it wasn't a penalty. It's great because Victor isn't here, so no one's gonna argue against it. <laughs> Salah dived. Wait, they... sorry, wait. Yeah, Victor. Yeah, there we go. Nothing. Exactly. <laughs> Salah dived, and that is one of the reasons why. I strongly, strongly dislike Mo Salah. He just dives. He's a great player, but he just dived. The guy barely touched him, and he just fell to the ground. And I think he he's becoming almost like a Neymar in style, where he falls over so much. I think, yeah, that shouldn't have been a penalty, but I have to admit, uh, Jota, um, whatever, I can't pronounce his name, 
he's been, he's been playing really, really well. And I think he is knocking on the door and asking some questions of, for Klopp. He's making him think, because I don't think Firmino has been doing too well. But 100%. And I, and I, and I think, you know, um, I think, you know, they will probably have him back and I think they'll have a great start. Um, just re-kicking. Um, just quickly, Chelsea 3-0, Burnley 0 Another clean sheet for uh, for Chelsea. Wolves two, uh, Crystal Palace zero. The Portuguese Wolves are you know also having a couple of wins. Fulham, I think that could be their first win of the season. I might be wrong. No, that is. That is their first win of the season. Um, you know, I guess against the Berlin West Brom team. And last game that I want to discuss: Leicester City versus Leeds United. Now, Leeds have been my surprise team of the season in terms of like just exciting having them back in the Premier League and just being a lot of fun to watch and it's great to see them back and I don't think anyone was, was expecting this you know high scoring game and credit to Brendan Rodgers he has really transformed this Leeds United team I was listening to a um I think today they 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 changed the you know the lineup midway through the season and now they're a three-four-two-one formation, which I think works with Vardy up top and being able to have that, you know, the players on the wing and just, you know, we thought the Leicester City team was going to be a one one-year wonder, but they've performed dominantly over the last few years. What do you make of Leicester, Captain? Um, no, they they have been very very dominant. I thought this game was going to be high score. I said it last week because they're both counter-attacking attacking teams. I think less uh, leads really let themselves down. Um, but it, what's crazy to me is, is when you look at the stats, right? I think what's impressive is that Leicester had only 32% possession, actually had less shots, but they scored four goals. I think it just shows they've really started to come together. Brendan, I totally agree, though. We all thought it was a one-season wonder, but they've managed to keep it going. They... Oh, I think the past like two years, everyone's been like, yeah, they should finish top top six because they're actually a solid, solid team. I think we all thought once um, Kante and Mares left that they were going to go down, but they, they're still doing really, really well. And I think um, Vardy is, is a really, really good uh, striker. I think people don't really realise how good he is, but he's, he's really, really good. But you've got to give, you know, all over the field, I think they did really, really well that day. But I just thought it was a little blip for Leeds. Like they, we said before defensively they're not amazing, but they were poor. They were really, really poor. You know, what was it two minutes in Leicester had scored? Like that. that it was, yeah, I think I think it was around three minutes. Yeah, two minutes in. Yeah, two minutes in Leicester scored. I think. Yeah, I I just think. Leeds just had a very, very poor game. But I said it was going to be which defence almost did worse because Leicester's defence had been a bit of meh the past few days. But they all did really, really well. Um, and i, I got to give credit to to Leicester. And, and I agree with you. I do like their new formation. I think it really, really worked for them. And it shows that Brendan Rodgers can be a little tactical. And he, he does have that to his game. My 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 other thing about Leicester is though, and it's something that we've been saying um, about other teams is what happens when you know they get an injury to Vardy. What happens when they get an injury to someone else? 
once once what's going to happen to Le- Leicester? Will they be able to perform the same way they're doing now, or do we think they have enough depth in their team that they can actually you know continue playing well and continue scoring goals and you know winning matches? Um, it yeah. So it's similar to the Everton. Where I don't think they have the squad depth. I don't know how Vardy manages to go so long with a get without getting an injury. If I'm being honest. Yeah, they have Iniacho, they have Undel, um, but no, Vardy is their main threat going forward. Um, I think other players, they could probably get away if they lost, but I think if they lose Vardy, they definitely would not be able to perform the same. So I think that is a good thing to point out, is that, you know, they're kind of similar to Everton. They're one injury away from doing really, like almost doing really badly. And lastly, do we think that Vardy, being 33-year-old, has he signed his life away to Leicester or do you think he may try transfer for a year or two and play in another team to win more glory? Or do you think, you know, winning the Premier League was enough for him? He's earning top dollars at Leicester. He becomes a club legend and, and hero. Do we think, you know, being almost a top... It's crazy. He's 33 years old and he's still on par with... Harry Kane and, 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 you know, obviously DCO this season, but it's just phenomenal. No, I think Vardy is a Leicester lad. He could have left when all the others left. He had offers, but I think the fact that he stayed showed that he's pretty, he's loyal to that club and he wants to be a legend of that club, which honestly he, he is. He, he will be once he retires. He will be a legend for that club. His scoring stats are insane. For honestly, for a thirty-three-year-old, he's doing he's doing really, really well. And I think um, no, I think he'll see out his time at Leicester. And because he's seeing out his time at Leicester, I think Leicester will also treat him well and will almost give him the sending off he's he deserves. Whereas if he just ditched them, I think you know he just bounced, do almost a year at almost a bunch of different clubs, and he wouldn't get the same credit. So I think he will stay at Leicester. Yeah, I 100% agree. And, and you know, sometimes with players, before we go into the hot buzz, sometimes players get better with age. We see Ibra, he's 39 years old, and he's just killing it in, in Europe. Like, he's just like, you know, and, and, and he could play till he's 42, 43. Like, I don't see, see why Ibra would start retiring now. Like, he's still playing at the top of his game in, in a top league in Europe. It's, it's phenomenal. I just don't, I just don't get it. No, I think you you got it. He he's a different class. I, I actually really like him. I think he is just comical. But I think yeah, if if Vardy in the Premier League, you can't go to a forty just because of the league it is and how competitive it is. But you can go to a top league like Italy. That's where the older players usually go and they shine. So now that's why everyone said Messi should go there because that's where kind of the older players go. Um, before the MLS, where you're still competing at a really, really good level. But, you know, even Ronaldo is doing insanely well there. I know, yeah, he's one of the best players in the world, but still, um, you get those older players there that can stay there for a while. Um, and that's what I love about the Italian league. It's just it's just pure class. But no, Ibra is... he. I honestly think he'll keep going into his 40s easily. That's great. The scary thing is that, like, in, in a couple of years' time, in, in all the sports around the world, all, like, the goats of, of our generation are just going to be gone. Like, no more Ronaldo, no more Messi, no more Ibra, no more in, in tennis, no more Federer, no more Nadal, yeah. no more 
no more um, LeBron in the NBA. All these like goats of our generation are just going to be gone. It's going to be like crazy to see who really steps up because I don't see I don't, like some people like Mbappe and and Pogba is like he had a one hit World Cup where he's like being shocking. Like there's no players in Neymar maybe, but like there's no like players that are like they're gonna be legendary remembered for like being like so dominant in their field like it just there's no one around i think in soccer um yeah we just got lucky to get two incredible players at once but i think it'll be yeah i think it'll be the younger people you know like the sanchos and all of them i think they'll um her land at dortmund i think those yeah, phenomenal by the way but this is what I mean. I think it's those players. Because if you actually look, you know, when Messi was really, really young, that's kind of when you saw the end of, like, the Ronaldinho era. Yeah, you, but then again, you had, like, Zidane there still. I see Pillar as an amazing player. Beckham. So they kind of randomly pop up. But I think the light has... We've had two absolutely incredible players in Ronaldo and Messi that... It's going to be a little bit before you get almost someone at that level, but I think it will be that younger generation. The, what, the players that are like in their early 20s, one of them will step up and be the next, you know, GOAT. 100%. Um, just quickly on our Hot Fuzz of the Week, uh, I actually might go first this time around because I think you'll uh, you know, be interested in this and it's, it's the same as last week. Uh, the Women's FA Cup Final, I'm um, not sure if you watch or if you watch Highlights or I'm not sure if you watch the all. But, um, you know, it was a bit heartbreaking to see the uh, Everton women's team uh, lose near the end. Um, the, the, the score does not, uh, what's it called, reflect on the game. The game was a really, really good game, really high-paced. Um, you know, credit to City for, you know, being able to go longer and, and keeping in, you know, with the team. Um, Catherine, I'm not sure, did you watch any of the game or did you see highlights? What, what, what did you take away from the FA Cup? And do you think, you know, Maybe next year there'll be a full there'll be a full house um, at Wembley. Yeah, I've been I've been really impressed with Everton. I think, you know, really good on coming back. And then I think honestly, it just came down to squad depth. You know, Man City. they honestly though their bench can beat a lot of other teams starting eleven, uh, which is similar to the men's actually, which is hilarious. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the women's game is really coming up, and the fact that. You know, it, it wasn't one of the big teams like a Chelsea or Arsenal challenging them. I quite liked having an Everton in there. Um, but I think, yeah, I think as other teams, that gap between the those top clubs and the other clubs starts to shrink. You know, it becomes more entertaining, becomes more competitive, like the Premier League, so they're going to get more fans. But no, it was really, really good. And, and honestly, the fact that it went all the way to extra time, just, you know, it showed. It was a great game. And and I'm I'm asking credit to um the Everton keeper. She's phenomenal, McLeaver. I think it's how you pronounce it. She she was making the sale left, right, and center. Like I honestly think she should replace Pickford. I don't see I don't see why 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 you know a woman can't play goalie in, in the men's game. Um, but you don't, you don't think women can save men's shots? No, I'm not saying it's a different paced game. Um, and, you know, they can obviously strike a ball a lot harder and everything like that. So it'd be more, she could probably adapt to it. I think, though, she's she played well and you just don't want to take anything away from her there. I think um, they're just, it's yes, they're both the same sport, but they're still different. And I think that's what people have to understand. You know, 
biologically men are faster, stronger, and all that. So it's going to be it's a different game. And a quick shout out to your mate, Poppy Patterson, who also came on um, as a sub. Uh, I wasn't sure if Molly Pike played. Yeah, she, uh, Pike she played as well. Yeah. Um, pretty exciting to, you know, that they could play, play in an FA Cup final. And it's, uh, you know, it's really great to see the game building. Catherine, what's your uh, hot fuzz, I believe? So my hot fuzz is all to do with Chelsea. Um, we're now five clean sheets in a row. I'm just, and even when you look at how they've been playing, you're starting to see them come together. The way they played against Burnley was really, really good. I thought the the signings we made have been incredible. But I have to admit, you know, Silver at the back, Silver Mendy and Chilwell have been insane signings for us. Going forward, Ziyech looked great. Even Werner's starting to find his feet and Havertz. You know, even a player we've had for ages, Mount, was insane. So I think the fact that Chelsea's team is all coming together, but I think specifically the five clean sheets in a, um, in a row. I saw a stat saying how... The last goalie to get five clean sheets in a row was actually Petr Cech. Yeah. And he was our last world-class goalie. So hopefully that's good signs for Mendy. Um, I have a lot of hope from him. He's, he's been doing really, really well. So I'm excited. Yeah, 100%. I think, I think you know, um, we keep talking about Oli. We keep talking about, you know, Arteta and how bad they're doing. But we keep forgetting that Lampard is also very, very new into the job. And... He seems to, obviously, with the budget he had and be able to buy any players. But, you know, it takes a skill to be able to, obviously, their money to, like, know what players to buy. And B, it takes time for them to develop. And the fact that they're kind of, they're in the direction that, you know, teams like United and teams like Arsenal should be, the, that's where they want to be going, in the right direction. Arsenal slowly, slowly, slowly. It wouldn't surprise me in a few weeks' time if 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 Ollie is on his last game. It just it just wouldn't surprise me. He's I know we've been talking about this, this podcast, but like you know, to be fair, like I don't mind seeing a crumbling United team. I feel like everyone hates United deeply in the, deeply in their stomach. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that they're you know being battered by the media. Um, Sam, if you're there, any any interesting takes on on football this week that you like to shine? Uh, anything interesting? Um, nothing really. Uh, How's Watford doing? Uh, they're doing fine. Um, in the in the championship, I think they're still in the top five. Um, okay, we could we could uh, see them in the in the promotion playoff. And yeah, and, speak, and speaking about um championship, before you go to your hot part, so you have like a couple minutes to think. Next week's podcast will be focusing on the football championship. And because there's a break, we thought we'd kind of check in and see what's happening in the lower leagues. You know, with Leeds now being in the Premier League, I don't think many people care about the championship as they used to. So let's see uh, who's going to be, you know, coming up. And maybe it might be Watford. Sam, any, any interesting facts to come out of the football world that you might want to share? Um. Nothing really. Uh, I, I was watching the uh, Ch- Champions League and they do have like this kind of red zone like channel in America, which I found to be very entertaining because there's a lot of goals. So I was watching that um, and then uh, I was watching Watford because you can get it now, which is great. Um, I mean, I mean, no, I mean, everything is expected. And again, like I keep saying over on SportsMe, well, they got a source side. Just should he should just be fired like straight away. But then every time it does, like Akiva kept saying, like he's gonna get a win, and then 
you know, it's going to be like, oh, he should, he should actually uh, uh, stay, but you know, he should just get fired. I mean, it has to, yeah, it, it is bound to happen. I mean, they are just abysmal. So, yeah. And then we have the fight, the final word from Sam, the man himself. Victor, uh, anything about Liverpool? Anything about them being champions? No, nope, we can't hear anything. Uh, and on that note, we will end off this podcast and we look forward to seeing you guys next week.